Another day, another historic pitching performance from the Cleveland Guardians. This time, they actually won, thanks to the new guy and the rookie. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, all you great Locked On Guardians listeners. Over there is Justin. Let's see if I can get it right. Ah, I finally pointed the right direction for once. Uh, it only took That's me nearly a right. year. Yeah, you know, it's because I got to point the wrong direction. But uh, over there is Justin. I am Jeff. I uh, want to thank you all for joining us today. And to one of our many fine everydayers, I uh, just want to say Kurt Smith. Charlie Manuel is too old to be a hitting coach. Jim Tomey doesn't want to be a hitting coach, but I appreciate your love and hustle. Uh, some people don't want the grind of an everyday move. Uh, if you are on the move, you want to get some bird dogs because they're comfortable. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB for a free white tech hat with your order. These you won't take off your bird dogs. We promise you I'm wearing mine. It's actually really comfortable. You'll be seeing this on a lot of shows. Uh, I like this hat. I know someone, one of our, uh, coworkers said they forgot they were wearing it. It's so nice. So yeah, want to check that out. Uh, this was a fun game. It went fast. Uh, you know, I, I do bedtimes with my daughter and I'll kind of on the sly throw the game on my tablet so I can get some looks in between reading stories. And I feel like I turned around and three innings had passed. This was a game. I was like, wait, there's two outs in the ninth already. Um, this one went quick, but there's, there's fun, fun things to talk about. You and I were discussing, uh, before we got into it, I, I do want to say, you know, we probably wanted to spend even more time on Ramon Lariano yesterday. You saw what he could do. Like he came in, he hit a lefty in an important situation. But I think my favorite Lariano tidbit is I don't know how much Tito was joking, but in the post game press conference, and Justin's laughing because this is we debated this because this is the state of baseball ownership where they talked Tito talked about that, you know, he came in and he seemed like he wanted a fresh start. And he was just so happy that somebody made him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And we were debating, is that Tito being silly or is Oakland so cheap that no one is like, no, like you don't get free food. Like, could could he have a massive turnaround just getting out from the cheapest ownership in baseball? And as much as people want to hate on Cleveland, remember, John Fisher is trying to move a team after he literally pulled Major League, the real life version. So it could always be worse. And I would not be surprised if Loriano showed up and was like, we don't have to pay for this. Wait, <laughs> money this ball, is, so, literally. Someone's gonna make us this. Wow, like you know, and <laughs> and he had the big hit today. And while Bobby didn't have the no hitter, he continues to show why he's the ace of the future for this team. Just another performance. I'll let uh, Justin get into that uh, in depth. Uh, and I mean, and I do want to say one other thing. My other, my one last point. Gabby Arias, not a great day at the plate. Uh, you know, I, I understand. Let's see if he can hit lefties. It does not look good when he's out there. But I, I told it to Justin off air. I'm going to say now he's like a defensive savant because the way he takes to first base, like he should play first base every day because he's the only guy who can be average at it too. I think he's a plus defender. Like I think he's a 60. Yes, he's their best defensive shortstop. But put Rokio at the position he's mostly played. Let Gabby play first. The fact he's like learned first and right field and all these other positions kind of on the fly is amazing how quickly he takes to them. Let him rotate, let him play around. I, you know, I I've, I've known players through the years where sometimes the best thing for them is having them play a new position every day. 
Uh, I think I was listening to a Reds broadcast. I talked about this because you don't have time to think about the ups and downs. You're just like, okay, I'm here. I got to remember the rules. I'm, I'm in outfield. I got to remember my role. I got to remember because you got to know all the hitting assignments. You got to know where a guy's likely to go. There's a lot of data on everyone's batted ball and it's a lot to take in. And yeah, he goes over three, two strikeouts. It's not a great day, but he makes some nice plays. And I kind of like this idea of Gabby Arias man without a position. Super utility is, is, is super hard. It is a hard thing to do. And that's why I'm like amazed that there was like supposedly stuff going on between him and like coaches there because yeah, I mean that leaked out. Yeah. Like it's, it surprises me. It doesn't surprise me because I know there was like, you know, whispers about it a year ago in Columbus, but this is a guy who has, I know we're spending a guy who went over three or two strikeouts today and not, we're not starting with Tanner by or Ramon Laureano, the heroes of the game, but just to, to, you know, follow up on your point, he's a good right fielder. He's a, he's a, a solid, right? He can play right field. He's not an awful right fielder. Good first base, obviously good at short. Like I I'm convinced if you, if you, if you gave him time to learn catcher center field, I might have a question about center field. I don't know. I don't think I know about the speed, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I think he can learn every position if, if he, yeah. And, I, and, and as far as the lefty thing is concerned at this point in the season, like I know the twins lost so the guardians are back to what, four and a half behind them in the central right at their heels. Yeah. Whatever. At this point, like just play it out and see what happens. But I'm all for Gabby Arias playing against lefties at this point, because yeah, agreed. He, he, it, it, there are were times in the minors. He hit them. Well, um, he didn't do well against them in AAA, but also have to remember that minor league samples are small too. That's one season. So I'm, I'm all look. Josh Naylor took a lot of time for him to figure it out too. And I'm not suggesting Gabby is Josh Naylor as a hitter. You heard but, it here first. He is the next Josh. Oh Naylor. But now, now is the time to learn this, right? Sink or swim. Like if, if it was all about winning, I would say put him in the best position to succeed and don't let him face lefties. But at this point, let him see it and see what happens. Cause you got to figure it out. And this way you get to see Rokio and Arias at the same time. That's great. Um, and you can move Arias around because he can do all that stuff. It is great to have him at first base too. Rokio also another nice double today. Um, yeah. But Ramon well, Laureano too. You know what they could oh. do? They could add a 30 home run hitter by waving Cole Calhoun and adding Yu Chang to this roster. Yu Chang, the hitting savant that everybody knows is just going to be – replace Oscar Gonzalez with Yu Chang. This team is – is on a roll. They're going to go Just and like go by Boston today. I couldn't help myself. I know I'm going to roll it's off. Okay. You're going to roll off 20 straight wins. If you Chang was here, um, uh, somebody asked me to, I will get to Bybee, I guess in the second segment, unfortunately, you know, he had the best night of anybody. Somebody asked me today about, wow, you got you from our conversation yesterday that you guys really like Loriano. It's so funny how excited you were about that. And I was like, yeah, I guess we kind of were, but like at the same time, it's less about the player, which it is about the player, but it's about the idea like we're past the trading deadline. The Guardians did not add any major league piece of significance. Um, no offense to, to Noah Syndergaard. Hopefully he's not listening, but you're significant Laureano. to me, Thor. You're significant to me. <laughs> I've never seen an Avengers movie, by the way. Just gonna throw that out there. It makes me pretty unpopular when I say that. Uh the idea of Loriano is interesting though, because they didn't add anybody. And this is not like Cole Calhoun, where it's like, ah, this is just a veteran who's here to to just play and sit on the bench and be a body and and see if he can you know, give some 10 years of wisdom to somebody. Loriano's 29 clearly has skills that still translate on the field. Um, there might still be some, some upside in there. He can regain, 
you know, from his prime. He's not going to be in his prime anymore, but, he, you know, there's still some stuff to be gained there. And you saw the impact. Like, okay, he had fifth today, which is kind of hilarious, but he faced the lefty. He got a double, which is, you know, he's supposed to be good at. And then his play in the ninth inning, uh, the catch, uh, Dalton Varsho is a pretty good runner. Yes. He and he, he didn't take third on Loriano in right field because of his arm. Like, what a big difference that is between having – now, I think Will Brennan, he might – I'm wondering if the broadcast, I think, said this correctly. They said they can't believe in the situation down by one run in the ninth and you would have been on second with one out, why he didn't go to third. And Loriano is considered one of the best arms in all of baseball. Right. I think that so, was 100% fear of his arm. That's what I was going to say. I, I wonder if that's reputation. Do you think that that Will Brennan would have gotten that hesitation no. from Dalton Varsho? Probably not. Now, I think Will Brennan might have been able to throw him out at third because he's also Agreed. got a good arm. I don't know if it's as good as Ramon Laureano's. Oscar Gonzalez also has a great a good arm. But you want to know what he did the other night? Did you see the play in right field? He did, did he not throw. Did he not hit no, the cutoff man? No, he didn't overthrow. He set up wrong. He caught the ball out in front instead of behind it, and he couldn't make the throw. He didn't have the throw in time. Yeah. Now, I don't think he was going to throw the runner out there, but he didn't give himself a chance because he set up so far in front that he had to to lean back instead of get into his throw. So Loriano being a great defender might have saved them the game there because, like once again, Emmanuel Classe, unlucky. We didn't mention this yesterday in the loss, but <laughs> – uh, uh, a bunt single, which okay, whatever. A bunt single that happens, and then you have a chopper literally a chopper off the plate that nobody could do anything with. Like, that is so unlucky. Manuel Classe continues to have some terrible batted ball luck. I don't understand this. Um, I will say, if you want to fault him for one thing, it's his ability to not his inability to hold runners. Um, yes. the only reason Dalton Varsho is even that's like terrible about with. that in general. Everybody is this, except for like. Beaver and, and you know going back to police sack. Yeah. Although I will say Tanner Vivey, I think, is second or third in the league in pickoffs. I think he's got yeah. three. He picks a lot of guys off. So most of these guys like Trevor Stephan, terrible holding runners, class A, terrible holding runners. So the only reason Varsho was on second to begin with to make that to make that an interesting play from Loriano was the fact that when you get on base against class A, it's a free base. Like you know you can steal. There's nothing Bo Naylor can do because class A does not have a slide step, he doesn't check runners. That's an issue for sure. And remember in the past, this goes back to Karen check too, which I know people are going to be like, Oh, they hate Karen check. This goes back to that. Like how many times have we heard Tito or somebody say, well, we want, you want them to work on holding runners. And they're like, ha ha ha. That's stupid. They're just trying to manipulate service time. Maybe, but like also kind of serious, right? Because that's, that's an issue at this bullpen. It's an issue. Like I said, the other day, Trevor Stefan has more stolen bases allowed this year than Shane Bieber and Shane Bieber has, twice the amount of innings and hasn't pitched in a month. So I think it's a problem. Anyway, class, I got to save, but bad, batted ball. Look, thank he should be thanking Ramon Laureano for uh, being a threatening arm in, in right field. And uh, everybody, Tanner Bybee, should, everyone should be thanking him because he pulled out a one, nothing win, which we're going to yeah. talk about here in just a moment. Well, as Jeff said, you are not going to want to take your bird dogs off. We just got some new product from bird dogs. You know why? Because we love them. I love getting packages from these guys. Their shorts are comfortable. I took them on my honeymoon. I've worn them bowling. I wore them to family outings. I've worn them to nice dinners. They're so versatile. They're so comfortable. They're easy to put on. They make you look good. I didn't think I was going to like shorts with like an inner lining. They have that lining in there. Yeah, I thought I'd hate that. 
I thought I would too, but it was great. It's comfortable. It makes you look good. Um, so if you're like a big guy like me, you think, oh, these aren't going to fit. They fit great and they make you look better. They do the exact same. Um, they're better than like big name brand shorts out there. So uh, you're going to want to go to birddogs.com slash lockdown MLB and a promo code lockdown MLB. You're going to get the free white tech hat that Jeff is holding up or he was holding up. He's wearing again uh, at birddogs.com slash lockdown MLB. Use that promo code lockdown MLB for that free white tech hat. You are not going to want to take your bird dogs off. We absolutely promise you. Game three, it's a four game set. So if you can't make it on Wednesday night to Guardians Blue Jays, that is Logan Allen and Kevin Gossman. Uh, listen to all the hometown action on the radio on Sirius XM. Just search Guardians on your XM app. Third straight rookie going to go Wednesday, Jeff. He's got a lot to live up to. <laughs> I know. I know. It's going to be tough. This is a tough lineup. I know they haven't been as good recently. I mean, they, they, like I said yesterday, they they did a good job against the Red Sox. I don't know how good the Red Sox pitching is, but back-to-back nights, historic pitching. Jeff, what was that stat you, th- you saw? Uh, you threw uh, out I believe earlier? it was the that's happened 13 times in baseball, but only the first time in the history of the American League that two rookies have gone seven innings, allowing zero runs and striking out six or more was the, I believe what they talked about on the broadcast. Yeah. Two straight rookies, two straight great performances. Not a sh- I know we, we joked yesterday, how is Tanner going to follow up? Gavin started is going to be even better. And yeah, he didn't strike 12 batters out, but Man, he was good. And that was after that 28 pitch third inning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Tito it. talked about too in the post game that like he thought, okay, so he's only going to go five. And then he recovers and excels. He, he threw 28% of his pitches in one inning. He finished the game with 100 pitches. So he threw 28% of them in one inning. That's a, a pretty big chunk. I also have to laugh too. There was a scouting report out there from, you know, uh, not a note. I'm not going to say like a huge name, but like somebody who gets paid to do this for a living. So the Tanner Bybee's changeup is just average. I don't I don't think the Blue Jays would describe Tanner Bybee's changeup as just average after tonight. He threw it um, 23 times, so his second most thrown pitch tonight. And the Blue Jays took 10 swings. They missed four times. He threw it for a called strike four more times. So I'm going to go ahead and say that's a pretty darn good changeup. Right now, Bybee has a 41% whiff rate on that pitch, and hitters are batting uh, 228 against it with a 246 slug. I'm going to say that's a good pitch. It's his highest whiff rate, K rate, put away percentage, and his lowest hard hit. So uh, it's average, right? I mean, it's it's, it's pretty much across the board, even though, like, in terms of run value, which I don't always know how that's calculated, if I'm being honest, uh, it may not be, like, the number one, but, like, in terms of, again, like, how often it gets hit, how often guys miss, and how little they can do with it, it is his most effective pitch this year. Yeah, and he's got uh, an eight run value with the fastball too. So like that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Yeah, the curveballs is is technically his worst one, but it's been better recently. Yeah, and that's again, um, you know, we've talked about like where you need to deploy that. That's not something you always need, you know, against every hitter. Yeah, it's funny. His changeup does not get a ton of vertical movement. If you are, I'm just going to jump um, in, Justin. You're kind of cutting in and out on me right now. Yeah, Tanner Bybee is just, he's so good. He's even disrupting your computer. Tanner Bybee is doing everything he can to prove that he is, for at least for now, the ace of this team. I, I think that's really the big takeaway. We see what Gavin Williams is doing. You know, we have our concerns, but he's he's excelling. Bybee's excelling. Now imagine if you could add in Tristan McKenzie next year. Imagine if 
you know, imagine if Espino comes back, you know, like this, this, and I'm going to get myself in trouble, but that is also someone else in the comments is like, well, if you're going to trade injury prone guys, you should have traded Josh Naylor as well. That's the, the difference here is they have all these pitchers, right? So they're probably going to trade away Bieber. There's still Cantillo on the horizon. You're hoping for McKenzie back. People are writing off Quantrell. It's been a bad year, but it's one bad year after two good ones. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Isn't that the old time he's saying? So the staff in general, it's still set up to be really interesting in a year. And if guys avoid surgery, fingers crossed, double fingers crossed. It, like I said, they maybe they hold on to Bieber and try to, to increase his value through the year. Maybe you're talking Bieber, McKenzie, Bybee, Williams, and Allen next year. And boy, doesn't that sound amazing. Yeah, and the depth you got behind that continues to be... Yeah. Cantillo, Espino, you hope is back yeah. at some point. And that's next not even year. Quantrell in there either. So it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and and you have Curry, who's an option. Yeah, Cody I Morris. think Curry is earning that right too with what he's showing us this year. Yeah, Curry, Curry's an option. Cody Morris could be an option. There, there are guys there. I feel like I, I, we were talking about our our prospect list, which I think we're going to wrap up our prospect list today. We're just going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, the. I don't have as many pitchers in my top 15 as I would like, because it's been kind of a down year, but you talk about getting, so I mean, it, it does re- depend on guys getting back to health. I will say Curry's savant page might be the ugliest thing I've seen this year. So don't go, don't go look at that. It's that is terrifying. I mean, we talked the other day about Logan Allen's Logan Allen's. Savant oh no, he makes Logan Allen's look, like, uh, look like, look uh, like Jacob de Grom's. It, it's, this is the ugliest one I've seen all year. Yeah, uh, it's not a lot of misbats there, unfortunately. But no, also, let's remember yeah. this too. I mean, we've talked about the 2016 draft class a ton, right? By uh, mm-hmm. Bieber, Plesac, and Savali, and now you know, you, not that they obviously comments Zardo wasn't drafted in 2016, but now he becomes part of the calculus with that draft class because he was traded for somebody there, Juan Brito as well. Which I know someone's going to say Nolan Jones at two home runs on Tuesday. You know, okay. The 2016 draft class was one of the best. And I think it's amazing to remember that, that this time last year, Gavin and Bybee were both at double a, like they both had just finished off three months at high a, and they were both just in their first month at double a. And now they're both in the major leagues and they're both, you know, making history team history and, and American league history and back-to-back nights together. Like that's, that is crushing the draft. That is crushing development. Unfortunately, they can't put it together on the hitting side of things. Hopefully some of these guys can be can be healthy again. And I, I don't think they're done with that 2021 20, class. Like, you know, we talk about there are some relief options coming, like Franco Alamon. Maybe they can figure something out with Doug Nikhazy and, and Jack Leftwich. Those guys have had up and down years so far this year. But, like, I still think there's more from that class. Maybe Will Dion can play up in the pen. Like, I mean, he keeps performing. Like, I know this stuff is yeah. like, it shouldn't, he's at a point now where his stuff should not be effective. It still is. So, yeah, you know, it, it's like maybe his, he could see a future that way as well. I'm kind of intrigued by, by a left handed Xavier Curry. And, and like, I mean, they threw a lot of money at Jake Miller, younger, younger older brother of Cole Miller, who just got a million dollars this past year in the draft, uh, athletic kid athletic family and Miller had Tommy John and missed all that. Like he might be, if they decide to fast track him. Back. He could be a reliever type to watch. I mean, yeah, he's a 20th. The only reason he's a 20th round pick is because he costs 300,000 to sign. That's a lot. Um, and he's, you know, he, he threw 33 innings last year, five this year. So it, it, he's already 23. So they might decide, Hey, relief. 
So just maybe, yeah. I just I just think that like it's just amazing these guys were in the minors last year. So don't like and Andrew Walters, of course, is like their reliever. Yeah, on their reliever too. But it's just amazing that these guys don't have a lot of pro reps yet. Like they neither of them have they played one and a half pro season. So yes, they went to college and Bybee pitched more in college than Williams. Mm-hmm. So maybe like some of their upside growth has already happened. But I would like to think that as they are pitching more in the pro game, they're going to make improvements. And I think we've already seen with Bybee, especially what he's gone out to do since he's been drafted in terms of like training to throw, like, you know, be more a better athlete and, and more explosive and, and throw harder. And what he's done to develop his other pitches. And I think he might be working on some stuff this off season too, to, to improve. Like, I think that's why I've said before about him being the ace. Like this is a guy who goes out there and puts the work in and, in between starts and, and works hard in the off season. I'm not saying Gavin doesn't, but they just think that that, that quality that Bybee has is very similar to Bieber and Kluber in terms of being able to put the work in and not being satisfied. Like he talked after the game today about how he didn't do a good job holding runners in the first half. Even though he had three pickoffs or I think he has four pickoffs. He talked about that being important today. Like those are just things that you continue to hear that he wants to improve upon. And that to me is how you become a leader of a pitching staff, especially one, that's got a lot of history here, right? And a lot of expectations for their pitchers. And we'll, you know, continue to, to have a lot of fun talking about Tanner through the rest of this year. You can go back and watch our episode where we interviewed him, or you can go and listen to last offseason. I mean, we were kind of, I'm not going to say we were first. We were definitely up there when it came to the Tanner. I right? think you so, were first. I think you, well, yeah, and you were the first one to put him as, as your top prospect, and I 100% agreed with that. But, you know, it, it's a situation he is fantastic. But we got to take this break. We got we to gotta do this so we can come back and have not go over, but still have plenty of time to talk prospects. So uh, we will be back in a second. I'm locked on Guardians. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Sleeper. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper is now offering up to 100 times payout for up to up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players you would like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big. Think Jose Ramirez is going to bang, smash more, and homers. Think Tanner Bybee is going to rack up the strikeouts, strikeouts, smash more on strikeouts. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. They also have safe and fast withdrawals. Sorry, sleeper. I'm having a hard time uh, speaking today. Use the promo code locked on and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out sleeper today. Don't forget to check out the Guardians and Jays in game three of this four game set on your XM, Sirius XM app, just search Guardians. Listen, one more note on Ramon Laureano from ESPN Stats and Info. Uh, first player in MLB history. Uh, so oh, he is the first player to have the only RBI in a 1-0 win in his team debut since he did it himself in 2018 with the A's. So uh, Ramon Laureano debuts are good. They win one nothing, and he is the guy to, to carry it. So, And, you know, I, I, I know other people brought this up. And we, we didn't spend that much time on Lariana today. And I feel like we didn't do enough yesterday. <laughs> Someone said, but David Weber, one of our everydayers in the comments um, on YouTube. And I know other people have this on Twitter, but shout out to an everyday in the comments. You know, he posted that like Will Brennan this year has got a 99 weighted runs create a plus uh, against righties, a 120 something for Lariano against lefties. If he is just Jordan Luplo, great. 
Like that is still valuable. I don't know if it's going to be worth 4 million, five, you know, he's probably, he's not going to get much of a raise. He's I think at 3.5 million this year, he might get up to four, but if he is like a, a, a just a lefty destroyer and a solid fourth outfielder for a platoon, that's worth about $4 million in baseball anymore. Like that is something. And Tito talked about, you know, having him longer. Like, it sounds like this is not just a, a cut and run situation like Cole Calhoun. We, so we said it yesterday. He should play. I'm not saying he should play over Will Brennan, but if you want to put Will Brennan in center field, Loriano in right field against even right hand, it's not just lefties. I'm all for it. And that's why I was right. saying earlier, yeah. it's not just that it's not just that it's not that we like really like Loriano. I like the idea of Loriano because he has, he brings defense. He brings speed. He can hit lefties. There are things he does well. Like you said, he's reasonably priced for who he is. You've got club control. Like, this is the most interesting thing the team has done this year, right? Like it, when we, when you do an everyday podcast on the same team and they lose games like they did Monday night, like it can be hard to find things to talk about sometimes. And then the Ramon Laureano thing to me, like this is what Cleveland should be doing. They look, yeah. they bought low on Khalil Watson, right? That's what they should be doing in their situation. Ramon Laureano is who should be playing in this situation. Because if, if, if you catch lightning in a bottle, guess what? You've got a really valuable player. And if, if not, Hey, didn't work out. We've got other guys. We're going to play like, it's fine. You, you still hope for, for Brennan. You still hope for Valera and those guys. So this is really not hurting anybody. This is all, all upside for the guardians. At this and point. It, there's you know, not much to, to lose for as much as people talk about my love of Miles straw. And I do think he's a useful baseball player. When you have Loriano, you have Brennan, you have Oscar, you got to see what you have. So like Miles straw, sixth inning defensive replacement, pinch runner, that should be his role. Like let these these three guys play. If I don't think we see Valera this year, just because he hasn't been healthy enough, and they're not going to want to start the additional service time with him. So let the young kids play it out. Let Gabby play some right field. Like let these guys go straw to a backup role. And if he has an issue with it, it's like, dude, I'm sorry. If you were the worst hitter in baseball, and I know he's not the worst hitter this year, you know, it's like it, when you are bottom ten, has that distinction. Yeah, if you're bottom ten after being worst the year ago, this is what happens. If you're not for, for if, and I'll go back to this too. You know, the Guardians, if they were really mad about the sell-off, it's like be good at your job and take care of business, and it doesn't happen. Same thing with Miles Straw. You got to hit if you want to keep it. Um, we may not have time for top prospects. We might have to kick it one more time, but let's, we should. Let's do it. Let, well, I was thinking, did we want to do Rookie of the Year chatter instead, and then save prospects for tomorrow? We can do that, yeah. Just I, because I think we should talk rookie of the year with our time left. We should, yeah. Uh, Bybee, by the way, is up to two two wins above replacement for Fangraphs, which is as highest among pitchers on the team. He was Andel already... has him fifth in the rating, uh, fifth best odds. Yeah, I mean, Josh Young is going to be out for quite a bit the rest of this year. I think he's supposed to come back, but I don't know if he's going to come back in the regular season. So that's probably going to hurt his odds. So right now, if you look at F4, and I'm not saying that all the voters are going to be, you know, only looking at that, but Gunnar Henderson, 2.7, Josh Young, 2.7, Luke Rayleigh is somehow still a rookie, 2.5, and then you have uh, Edward Ulhulian from the yeah. Twins at 2.0. What about 2. Uh, Tristan Cassis? What's he sitting at for them? Tristan Cassis is at uh, 0.9 F4. Defense is it, that bad. Yeah, well, positional versatility, position hurts him too. Yeah. So he's way down there. And then you have Yoshida at 1.4. Yoshida actually has the highest WRC plus of all the rookie hitters at 128. He's got 12 homers. Gunner's got 19 and Young's got 22. Luke Rayleigh has 15. And then the only rookie pitcher in the American League that 
Bybee has to contend with is Hunter Brown, who has some more innings at this point, not a lot. Um, he's got more strikeouts than Bybee, but Bybee's got a lower ERA, and, and I think they have the same FIP too. So it's going to be close. Like I, I'm going to go ahead and say that Gunnar Henderson probably winds up winning just because there's the name factor. The he Orioles is, are good uh, this year. He's pretty solidly the favorite right now on FanDuel. He's the only one with yeah. a negative uh, value. Yeah, he's he's got the name value of a prospect. He's got the uh, the Orioles that are, are being good. He's a position player. Like it's hard for a rookie to win rookie or a pitcher to win rookie of the year too. Like I'd have to go back and look, but I feel like it's pretty hard for pitchers to win rookie of the year. But it, I I would say like Henderson Henderson Young. Although I think I wonder if Young slides the third because of the time missed. So I don't know. Bybee I think has to finish. Uh, in the I feel top like three. I feel like Henderson Yoshida are probably going to be the ones. Then it comes down to, can he get past Cass? See, I think he might. I guess it comes down to how much Yoshida and Cassis, Cassius split the Boston. The yeah, with that. And then Young. Uh, for Hunter me, when Brown, I, too, could, be, could get some votes there, too. Whenever anyone talks about pitching, it always takes me back to when Kenny Lofton was a rookie. And it was Lofton versus Pat Listash with Dave Fleming being the third guy. And I, I literally remember as a kid, I was, what, 92? So I was like 11. Uh, listening to KNR, uh, didn't have cable, so listen to a lot of KNR, and them talking about, oh, well, who cares about Dave Fleming? Pitchers can't win this. And it was and to this day, if you're my age and you you remember that contest, go back and look up the numbers, and it's laughable. Pat Listash's numbers weren't even good um, when he won that with the Brewers. Uh, last pitcher, if we're not going to count Otani, that I see in the American League to win was Michael Fulmer in 2016. And then Devin Williams in the National League in 2020, which was a bit of a weird year. It's hard. But yeah. No, uh, DeGrom in 2014. It's hard to believe he was only, I mean, I guess it doesn't, it's 10 it's years, ago, years but ago, but yeah, but it's like, that's, that's surprising. But, uh, and then Jose Fernandez in 2013, uh, there's not a whole lot. Here's a great one to go back. 2011, Jeremy Hellickson and Craig Kimbrell both did it. Hey, one of the time guys still pitching. What was the time we had a lot of closers? Nefaletti Perez, Andrew Bailey, Craig Kimbrell. It was the guys who came in as closers, Hudson Street. Um, but yeah, it's it's not been as much. Well, yeah, because those guys pit can pitch 50 times, whereas yeah. a starter can only pitch like 20 and you're and you're limiting their outings too. Like they they they're probably not gonna be able to with Bybee, we'll see. But it's but hard no to one's, with everyday players, yeah, everyday. No value. one's gonna compare, honestly. I mean, I have to go look at Gunnar Henderson's data, but I don't think anyone's getting close to like the what we saw last year with the top two. Oh, with Julio, and Julio, and, who said yeah. like were some of the best rookie debuts ever. Well, Corbin Carroll might be on that list, but that's the national yes, league. Yes, national league. With him and Ellie, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, have fun with that one. So yeah, yeah, I think I if Bobby doesn't finish top five, I'd be disappointed. I don't know what they if they release that far. He's got to be top five. Great. I think they do as long as he gets you know votes. Here's I, and I guarantee the Cleveland Homer media will vote him somewhere, so he'll get a vote, so he'll appear. Here's here's the thing about too about rookie of the year and all this stuff. So if if Bobby finishes in the top three, the Guardians don't get a draft pick because he wasn't up on opening day. Yeah. That is part of the argument, maybe, about how maybe Cleveland didn't want him up this year because even though he was ready, clearly, you if he makes his debut in 2024, he's probably got a chance to run away with this award, like the way he's been pitching. Like, is the top three or is a top? I think it's top two in rookie of the year and top five in the other ones. I could be wrong, but it might be top two, but either way, like he's got a chance to give you a draft yeah. pick in 2024 if he debuts and now he's no longer a rookie. And I'm, I'm not saying. Good Lord knows they needed to buy me all year, but 
Um, yeah. I think that's part of the argument why they didn't want to bring him up. Not necessarily for service. Well, I'm not saying they're doing it for the draft pick too, but I'm just saying there's so a lot of that's, reasons that's, why. <laughs> if if randomly Brian uh, Rocchio gets sent down in the next month, it's it's to avoid him losing his Saving rookie him. status. So right. Could start next because then you could conceivably have Manzardo and Rocchio as two of the top five candidates for rookie of the year if both of them qualify as rookies and start the year, and they'll both be top 100 guys. So just yeah, that's why I think. That's why. Well, you won't, you won't see Manzardo until September anyway. If he comes up in September, he'll still retain his rookie eligibility for yeah. next year anyway. So that's that's definitely a good thing. But yeah, Williams, Bybee, Naylor, all those guys don't have a chance to win it next year. I think that's. I think a lot of that is. I'm not saying they're looking for the draft pick, but I'm just saying, you know, that's that's part of enough reason to try to delay as much as you can and find what you. I don't know. It's worth it. I mean, look at look at the. the I don't necessarily agree with the Mariners did, but. It's it's a very valuable thing, but uh, yeah, we 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 we're, we're still working our way down to the thirty minutes that uh, is the new expedition on the network. We will get there eventually, but uh, and we keep kicking prospects. We might just have to almost do an episode where that is set up to be two segments, but we will get there. We want to thank everyone for rating and reviewing, downloading. It helps being in every dare and checking out the show because it's it's just the numbers uh there is most listeners they say do three shows a week so if you're hitting five that just helps us out so much so thank you to everyone who does um thank you for being part of the locked on guardians family slash team and go go guardians go 